0: If we do not act justly, we cannot have a just society that will, or a profession, or a life that will um, bear the fruits that we all really want.
1: Hey, hello, and welcome to Architecting. Um, So this is a podcast about the lives of architects, about the people and the stories behind the buildings and the images that we see. And with this very international world that we live in, this show is purposely local and narrow, focusing only on Colorado community of designers. I'm your host, Adam Wagner. I'm an architect, I'm married to an architect. I have two architecture degrees and I've worked for a dozen architecture firms in three different countries. But for the last five years, I've been rooted in Denver where I'm at Open Studio Architecture and I teach at the University of Colorado Denver. I really enjoy connecting with other architects and learning from their experiences. So now I'm broadcasting these conversations with the goal of creating a a stronger local community. So that brings us to our guest today, Julianne Scheer. So Julianne is currently the managing principal for HDR in Denver. But before this, as we'll hear, she was a longtime employee and principal at the Chicago firm, Nagel Hartray Architecture. Beyond this, Julianne, who is a graduate of Penn State, is very active in various community and volunteer organizations, chief among them AIA Colorado. So I met Julianne when she chaired this year's AIA Colorado Design and Practice Committee, and we were able to moderate one of the digital sessions together. So I found her to be very, very active and a caring designer who I wanted to learn more about and uh, really kind of search out what experience had, experiences had um, sculpted her. And I'm, I'm s- sort of somewhat biased against large and corporate architecture firms. So I wanted to get a better understanding from her about the, the benefits and systems behind an, a large international design firm like HDR. And also with this first interview of, of 2021, I wanted to thank all of you who've been viewing these conversations over the last few months. <laughs> so look at, you know, I never really expected this uh, show to be very popular. Uh, I was really just looking and using it as an opportunity to connect with people in my local community. Um, however, I've been very excited by the amount of views and messages that I've been receiving from all of you. Um, from friends here in Colorado to architects in states and in other states and and even other countries. So please keep these messages coming. I love hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Um, You can go to architect-ing.com to to further connect. Also with any of these shows, um, you can go to that same website or Architecting Stories uh, Instagram page to see images of the projects for each of our guests so um, here's to a better new year and I hope you enjoy this latest story thanks hey Julian
0: hello how's it going (laughs) good oh gotta fix my hair for a minute yeah you know
1: it's it's actually just a podcast so in the end nobody's gonna see it but (laughs) yeah I like that I, this I, is all
0: new to me, so you know
1: yeah, you know each week there's something new that that good. comes up but uh i knew I knew you would be just super prompt and right on time that's <laughs> that's like one thing I really know about you, but good <laughs> how's your day been going
0: excellent excellent yeah. it's another bluebird sky here in Colorado, which i'm really glad about. And I'm going to be going snowboarding tomorrow. So that's always on,
1: nice. on the top
0: of mind that I love. So
1: where are you going? Where's your where's your go to spot?
0: Well, we go to Keystone mostly be- just because it's so close. So it only takes us an hour on a good day, <gasps> like to get there quickly. So that will be where we typically go.
1: Yeah, nice. but... that's a That's a good one. Nice and big mm-hmm. and close. And...
0: Exactly. Yeah. Nice. And... it's a good
1: thing to look forward to
0: yeah and we're trying out we've got uh you know christmas was just around the corner there so we um my husband and i gifted ourselves uh step on bindings so Ooh. trying to get used to trying to get used to those at least i don't have to sit on my butt so much uh to get get in and out
1: <laughs> that's you know this is this is definitely like a colorado podcast where we start yeah. talking about this but but i, I want to know how those work because i i've been very tempted to to try them out and it seems yeah. like that'd be the the good life but. yes
0: so far so good
1: nice well thanks for thanks for coming on I mean it's yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to have you on because in some ways I feel like I know you pretty well like we were we were on this uh AIA conference together mm-hmm. and we got to uh moderate a discussion with uh Todd Williams and Billy Chin which was really fun um but in other ways, yeah. I, I beyond that, I like don't know you at all, really. And and it goes to the dumbest thing, but it's been really on my mind. It, is it is it Julianne or Julian?
0: Julianne.
1: Julianne. See, and yes. I've been saying it wrong even. So this this is the beginning of a of a good <laughs> learning session here. But... I take
0: it. I take it either way. The only thing I really do not prefer is uh, Julie. So.
1: Mm, okay. Good. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> well, no, well, so nice. So beyond that, let let's start with this question that's been kind of tripping people up. But okay, who who are you? How All how do right. you introduce yourself?
0: So I was thinking a lot about this, and I would say that I'm a curious creative that loves to connect. Others and communities to bring about the best together. Nice. So, I oh. had to I had to read that because I, I I was kept trying to put this into some kind of terms, um, and then I have a whole sl- slew of other things too. I
1: love that I I love that about you. Uh, the, um, you know, you were the chair of this committee, and, yeah, and you came in. And it was just like you brought so much organization and so much structure every day. And it's like that's the the one thing I really know about you. And and I think like you you asked me for the for the prep questions in advance for this podcast, like <laughs> more than any other guest. And 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 I gave you this very loose, loose yes. like four four questions. And I was I was wondering like, is that stressing her out right now that she doesn't know what, what I'm gonna be asking her? And she can't come up with that list. But um, <laughs> so I like I, I, I that's nice. I like that. So it's, how- it's my
0: right and my left brain working together, right? I got it. Got to get organized a bit uh, in order to make, nice. make things happen.
1: Yeah. So where did that come from? Where? Have you always been that way?
0: Uh, no, because I think in order for me to get everything that's happening in here, out, I sometimes I have to get myself organized at time and perhaps it's a bit I come from a family of accountants and economists so the only thing that oh, we okay. have in common is the letter a in our professions <laughs> so I mean that, that our our letter the letters you know their professions start with a vowel I should say
1: so. yeah well accountants and
0: Economist.
1: w- economists I mean that's a lot of 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 running a firm right I mean that's yes right yep right there as well but so, so was that your, your mother and your father, the accountant uh, no. and the economist? Or?
0: Well, my my father's the accountant. Uh, my mom is a uh, domestic engineer, as she calls herself. Oh, nice. Yeah. So she uh, she said that to our high school counselor who just got a huge chuckle out of it. So now we continue to use it that she is definitely... The economist, the engineer of our entire household, and how we were able to um, survive and succeed.
1: <laughs> I like that. So, did you grow up in a big family? Where Where did you grow up?
0: I grew up in um, Monroeville, which is outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so a suburb mm. of Pittsburgh. All, all All roads lead to the Monroeville Mall, so that's what most people know about Monroeville is the mall. And huh. uh, And I think there was a there's a cult a zombie cult film. Day of the Dead, or Dawn of the Dead, that mm. was at, filmed at the Minerva Mall. So if you're into zombie cult films, check it out. And uh, yeah, but small family, I'm the middle child of, uh, of an older brother and a younger sister. And yeah, pretty pretty loose, regular 1970s, growing up as a kid, it was good, good time.
1: What did, they, what did your siblings end up doing? Do they stick so with that's, the a yeah, professions yeah.
0: or yeah yeah so brothers the accountant sisters the economist
1: oh so you really are the, the kind yes. of black sheep in a way yeah
0: <laughs> yep no one really knew what i was doing my dad's like what am i paying for what are we going to school for is that art am i paying for art school what's going on here
1: <laughs> so did you did you go into architecture right away in, in school
0: uh yes and no, so I always wanted to be a doctor. like I always talked about being a doctor. Yep. I loved healing and caring for for people and um I just loved love people in that that way. but I also like during my youth, uh, when I was smaller, I would probably in equal measure, I was doing science and art science more on the biology side. Like I just really loved anatomy and physiology. I still do today. I mean, eyeballs, I'm, I love eyeballs <laughs> and uh, bones and such. So um, when I was thinking about what I wanted to become when I was in high school, I mean, I was always on this track to be go pre-med, go pre-med. And then I took a drafting class in, in when I was a senior and uh that changed my life cuz i thought all of a sudden i was like wait a minute i might be able to do art and use some science all into a hmm. career career called architecture what cuz we didn't have any I, my parents i think we had one friend that was an architect but it was you know a distant friend nobody that was like right there with us and um yeah so i decided to go into architecture so changed all the all the submittals for college from pre med to Architecture.
1: Wow. So it, it was, <laughs> it was that profound. I mean, like, was yeah. there, did you have, did you hesitate with that? Was it kind of stressful, that idea of kind of leaving all those years of prep behind? Or is just such love that?
0: I just, I just fell in love with it. it. Yeah, because I kept thinking, because I actually was thinking about, can I, can I do, can I do like a um, medical illustrator or something like that for books? And I think at the time there was five <laughs> five schools in the entire country or the world that had that type of um, uh, uh, career, you know, uh, that type of path you could go into. And so for, for me, when I was in the drafting class, and I was drawing up plans, and actually, we started off with a screw, and I could still use, you know, the pencil and and be able to shade and do all kinds of things. I was like, wait a minute, hmm. there's a there's a way I can I can make this into a to a career. And um, yeah, I ended up being the first th- my teacher at the time. I was the first uh, student that took all the AP anatomy and physiology and biology that did not go into pre- pre-med. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of work. It's <laughs> a lot of work to change the screws yeah. and yeah. Uh, right.
0: I was but, in the art club and science club.
1: But did you, so what kind of, like, what kind of assignments and things did they have in that drafting class that, that, that towed, like, did you have a, a good understanding of what architecture was? Like, did, were you able to talk with anybody or go to schools? Or you just, it no. was that attractive that,
0: yeah. yeah. So then, I just, I just yeah. thought I could do it, right? I just thought I could do it. I just thought, I thought this isn't, awesome way to figure out how I can take art and create space and then I was thinking about how human beings would be a part of those spatial areas you know whether exterior interior and stuff and that there's a place for for healing there's a place for uh, experience and Hmm. I could draw things up and wanted to to do that.
1: So then what was it like uh, choosing a college for that was it Penn State just that was the option or do you look around at different places
0: I did look around at a, at a few different places uh, uh Burlington Vermont did come up because I could go skiing right I also had skiing still <laughs> uh, <nice. laughs> hence, now, hence now why I'm in Colorado no uh, and um I did look at Pratt and I pretty much stayed on the east but you know, I don't really remember specifically that much about it. It was quite some time ago um but I did get into you know into Penn State, and I was super excited about that and off we went
1: was it was it pretty much what was it what you expected or was it as you know it seemed like you had built up this kind of expectation from the drafting class and then of obviously going into studio is such a extreme change for most kids
0: yes it was, it was it, yeah It was not what I not what I expected. And actually, there was more art and intuitive thinking that happened before, you know, first year, you're starting to dabble in what are the, you know, theories and ideas behind design. But um, I remember we had this one class, one of our professors, we were given pieces of black paper and gouache. And we had to make a series of, it was like, it was, there were like three by three inch squares. And we had to make a series of these drawings just with the black paper and the, and the gouache and hang them all up. And then he would just go through and like, rip them down. And like, if you're the last man standing, you're lucky, right? (laughs) (laughs) And You're just like sweating and you'd have no idea why he's, you know, and then it goes into this conversation about, Um the the foreground and background and you know the, the relationship of the black to white and how much is, you know so you you start thinking and i have to say you know we started off our first year with 100 plus students and i graduated with uh 24 of my closest friends 5 wow. years later and so um wow. it, it was pretty it was a very 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 intense um intense program
1: yeah i i have a really good friend uh Justin Tower who went there uh it's mm-hmm. very Good architect, but otherwise that's my only reference. But so, would you say that is Pitt, was Penn State? Did it, Do you think it prepared you in a different way from other universities? Did it have a kind of stream to it that was different, or that made it unique? Or
0: it definitely prepared prepared me for um, design and having design conversations and being able to to um, have a have a voice when I joined a firm and speak well about, about design and proportion and, and why, why we would want to do, you know, prepare, uh, submit something to a client that looks a certain way. Uh, what it did not prepare me for at all was the amount of, uh, construction and the amount of, knowledge you need to know about how materials go together and what that means because basically I drew a black line on the outside and a black line on the inside and something happened in between that I think it's called pochet right Uh,
1: (laughs) pochet happened
0: in between
1: that's that's still how I like to think sometimes but yeah
0: (laughs) so actually uh, my best my very very best job before i went into before i joined an architecture firm in chicago was i worked for a um for a general contractor doing resident i was a manual labor a laborer for a general contractor uh, doing residential work in um in the pittsburgh area and that really taught me what the heck is happening between those um two black lines because i actually had to Put up the drywall put up the visqueen put up the masonry dig the holes and it also prepared me to have a real a very strong um, appreciation for tradesmen and women and the work that we do together to create an actual built piece hmm. right yeah and I got along very well so it prepared me definitely for that getting along very well with the contractors and and being respectful and understanding how things get put together.
1: Now, and that was like one summer or was it after yeah, it was, you graduated? Yeah,
0: it was after I graduated in the summer, correct. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. So what was that like when you graduated? Was it a, a pretty good economy? And, or like, did you go, did you, you couldn't find a job, you, you went, you worked at the, for the contractor and then it opened up more doors or what, what was that
0: like? Uh, yeah. No, it was really me deciding what the heck I wanted to do more than anything. Uh, You know, so I was living in Pittsburgh and I thought, well, do I want to move to the big cities, right, New York or San Francisco? And I think at the time this probably would have eaten me alive and San Francisco is way too far away. And, um, you know, those close friends that I talked about from our our, our architecture school, a few of them had moved to Chicago and they said, hey, come on out. There's jobs. Let's, you know, we'll find let's find something. So I ended up working for the, in the summer for the for the general contractor, put my portfolio together, getting my act together, and then um, moved out to uh, Chicago. Uh, I think it was like in around you know October or something of that you know the year that I graduated hmm. September October.
1: So you so. really only, it was really only like two or three months that you were doing construction. I mean, I guess, yeah. May, to, well, yeah, like May to, yeah, like, May
0: to, yeah. It wasn't that, it wasn't that long, but it was extremely impactful.
1: Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. cool. So. Um, so, you got to, so you got to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Did you feel, did you feel good about, I mean, obviously, that's the, the kind of, like, architecture mecca in the yes. States, in a way, right? Uh, I, I had a conversation about Chicago with, with Chad Mitchell. I don't know if you know him, but, on this mm-hmm. show, but, uh it's it's such kind of a mystery to me like I don't I haven't really engaged with it all and so yeah so so you 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 decide that's the place you move there then what happens was it easy to find a job
0: oh no 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 no. there was a lot of so I uh, had my portfolio and so during the during the mornings I would this is back before computers and such. So I delivered my resumes to architectural firms in the morning, then I would go to Kinko's in the afterno- afternoon and use their phone, because uh. they had a free phone. And I'd use their phone and call all the firms that I had dropped off resumes to the day before. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the Kinko's was my, was my office. And uh, yeah, I put out a lot, of, a lot of resumes, wore out a lot of shoes. And, uh yeah, it was pretty excellent. I remember the one of the resumes that I dropped off, and I knocked on the on the door, and the person grabbed my resume as I was giving my spiel and I saw I saw the resume get kind of like tossed in the envelope, and I swear it went across the desk and just went straight over and down into this black hole, which I'm sure was the trash <laughs> can so <laughs> uh, yeah I, I uh but it was pretty awesome. And I do, uh, it was a, it was a great ex- experience. Um, one of the things that I thought was good is, um, going to a different city that I didn't uh, study in. So people were not, not used to seeing the work that I had because it was not something that they were familiar with. So I think that was definitely, um, a benefit. And then ultimately the, the benefit really came from, um, Daniel Wheeler. So he has a firm called Wheeler Kearns, and I um, interviewed with him because I was giving myself till Thanksgiving to find a job, and I interviewed with him, and and they had, a, they had a very small firm at the time. I think they've they've grown quite a bit since then. And he uh, he said, well, you know, you've got really good work here. However, I need somebody that has some more technical experience. Right? It goes back to that technical part that I had no idea how to put any of this stuff together. But I do want you to call, and he gave me the name of a of a couple firms, and he told me to use his use his name, and that really opened hmm. the doors for me to get into and speak with um, with the firm ultimately that I had had worked with for um 22 years, which was Nagel Hartray.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, I keep getting students who are asking me, you know, how do I get a job or whatever, and I'm like don't ask, don't go ask for a job, ask, ask somebody to go get some coffee, you know, like, yeah, like go out and make relationships. And then those relationships open doors. And um, that idea of like, you having to go around and introduce yourself to how many firms like, you know, how many connections do you have from that still? Or, you know, that's a lot mostly what Yeah, yeah. It's like this podcast is mostly like, from the connections I had when I moved here five years ago, reaching out to people, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, but then it's funny. Yes. Yeah, so then you, you went, you found a firm and worked there for 22 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> which so I still,
0: which when I joined them, when they actually offered me a job, I brought, I brought with me. So my second year of college, my parents are like, shouldn't you look for an architecture job or something? Well, I really enjoyed my summer job, which was teaching kids art in the in the parks of Monroeville so I love that so I'm like do I really want to get an architecture job well so one year I decided since my parents at my parents pushing you know I better find a a architecture job so I got the architects magazine out at the library and I started finding the best firms and I had actually sent my second year of architecture school I sent a letter to Nagel Hartray and I got my rejection from Jack Hartray who then several years later Hired me, so it was great.
1: Did Did he remember you? Did he ever? Did he say? No,
0: yeah. I brought the letter with me though, and I had it hung up. I had it hung up at my desk for quite some time, just to the rejection it was letters. Just fun, yeah, just yeah, the, the, yeah, just the one, just the one from him.
1: Oh, just one. <laughs> so, so, what was it about them that that drew you drew you in and and kept you there? Tell Tell me about them a little bit. I I you know I looked them up when I was researching it a little bit, but I hadn't listened yeah. them before.
0: Well, so they were very well known as a, uh, you know, local regional firm that did very, very good design. And uh, that's what, that's what I was looking for. And Jack Hartray and uh, Jim Nagel come from some really, um, you know, great uh, pedig- pedigree, so to speak. Um, you know, Jack Hartrey worked with SOM under um, Bruce Graham's tutelage and did a lot of work actually at the um, U.S. Air Force Academy here. Hmm. He was part. He'd worked on the uh, chapel and other other things. And um, Jim Nagel, he was uh, worked with uh, Stanley Tigerman. And he was part of the Mm. Chicago Chicago Seven, so not the Chicago Seven that did the Democratic riots. It's different Chicago (laughs) Seven, the Chicago Seven of architecture, and that they were a group that, um, you know, through uh, Stanley Tigerman, that was kind of emerged in opposition to um, the modernism, and it was really more about the fact that everything was looking Miesian, right? Everybody was doing Miesian and. I think uh, Jim Nagel once said, you know, it's like you got off an airplane in the 70s and you just had no idea where you were. And so what I learned at Nagel Hartray was this idea of creating, um, creating a sense of place and that uh, it's really the, it's the, it's the, the people, it's the area, it's the context, it's the, the textures, it's the smells, it's all of that that help you um, unfold what the building wants to be and you need to apply all of that in order to um to have a have a building that or a place that has a sense of place and in addition it's also where I learned all my technical and design and management kind of skills kind of looking at those in equal parts in order to be what what used to be considered i guess a master architect right you have to you, you if you understand how to technically put together um, materials and, and buildings, in, you're going to create a much better design. And if you understand how to manage not only the the design, but also the, the clients and such, you're, you're ultimately the resultants are going to be quite um, astounding. So that was really what I did there. And I got to have, I also loved the variety of work, right, that we were doing. So everything from um, worked on single family houses to, to higher education, K through 12, convents did my Ah, first project project was a convent that was the one i'm kind of very proud of but uh, yeah yeah, it's good stuff and so that's what i think that's what drew drew me to them and just their um their strong sense of being grounded as as a firm grounded in midwest values and um, and design being at the at the forefront um, for the greater good
1: i think that's super interesting like you know again i don't know much about chicago but uh just just how much influence mies had on on the on the on the, mm-hmm. on the place in IIT and and then um and then of course SLM and and that that kind of like business of architecture that they took it took it forward um and then i had the uh, i got to speak a few times with stanley tigerman before he died yeah. and it was always uh interesting and fun but so did could, did you feel that that kind of conflict of the change of the switchover from the kind of Messian to like with with Tigerman's like sinking of IIT image, you know? And could you
0: did you it feel that kind of clash?
1: I mean, yeah, that was before you were there, but
0: that was before before I was there. But it's always great to hear hear the stories and be a part of this uh, the bantering and the conversations when that were still going on, right? With with Jack and with Jim. Uh, their banter and learning learning from them and uh, also having the um, opportunity to be introduced to some of those greats uh, in Chicago that uh, you know Harry Weiss and and everyone so it was really wonderful to to be able to work there you know I like to say that um, for me Chicago was always it's just like dripping with design it doesn't matter every every turn you make even in the alley even in the you know, you walk out your, your front door, everything's just dripping with design and you have a sense that that's what you, 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 you want to be a part of that world.
1: Yeah. So were most of your projects kind of local there or were they all yes. over the place? Yeah. So you really yes. got to kind of like build into that, that yeah. scene and the culture and, yeah, and, and so, yeah, you were there for 20, what was it? 22 years,
0: 22 years. Yeah.
1: And, and yeah. you were, and you you rose up to be a principal. Is that right? Or?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I sometimes said like the last, last lady standing, but um, <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Cause I think about, you know, when we first started, when I first started there, there weren't a lot of women there. Um, and even in our class though, even in my graduating class, we were about 50, 50. It was a good, we had a good showing and um, it just, uh, I, I owe everything that I that I know and that I am in terms of architecturally to to um, you know Jim Jack and Eric and Don and and um, uh, Dirk and so um, yeah they helped form who I am as an architect and and I couldn't be more proud to have uh, worked there
1: but you were there and then you left. So what I did. What caused that jump? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, funny thing is that I didn't realize that um, until my a couple of my friends were telling me, it's like, uh, we've been talking about this for four or five years. I'm like, oh, we have, you know? So this, will, if anyone's hearing this podcast from Nagel Harcher, they'll be like, what? <laughs> uh, but then I also well, was also, you know, I've been coming out to Colorado since the early nineties. And when I um, would come out here, uh, I would uh, at least for the last for the four years before I decided to move out here. I'd put my resume in, in my pocket of my ski jacket because you never know who you're going to meet, and you know yeah, you never on those know lifts. What, yeah, you never know what opportunities may abound you. So uh, you have to be have to be prepared. And so when I was trying to think about what I wanted to to do, um, I definitely started getting really. Um, falling kind of in in love with this idea of all the consultants that we worked with, like, how could we bring those all together? And can I be a part of a place where you have all of those disciplines, you know, working in conjunction with each other, even, even though, you know, when you had your consultants and you were hiring them, you know, that teamwork was going really well, but what if, what if they were a part of your daily life and what perspectives would they bring, you know, while you're having your, your conversations, your, um, your design charrettes, if they're right there next to you? How would that change the way that you might start thinking about something? And so I started looking at, because um, I wanted to try to do something different. And when I say different, I was thinking like really different, right? And so I started just looking at some of the larger firms. So I went from a, a small firm, I think when I left, we were probably about 10 people to a gigantic oh, really? firm. Huh. Yeah. So, to a gigantic firm, right? A gigantic global firm that has. And what I was, what I was also struck by is just the, the depth of knowledge and the depth of expertise, and that, again, it's just the a number of people that you have at your fingertips that you can, you know, share stuff with and have conversations. I mean, in our where, I, where we sit now, we have uh, traffic engineers and water engineers and mm. landscape architects and urban designers and interior designers. And there's always a conversation that's going on that you might overhear that may influence you in some way. And you can influence well, yeah. them.
1: So all those, all those professions and consultants are in your office here in Denver and HDR. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and so, how many how many people are in in the office here?
0: So we have, uh, well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Today, today we have (laughs) ten. Right. Typically, typically, (laughs) typically we have uh, we have three floors of the um, of the TIA building, and there's about three hundred people that that work here at HDR totally. Wow. Yeah. And then we have four four offices though in, in the Colorado area.
1: And so how is that structured? So, so you're the managing principal here, right? Mm-hmm. And so yes. is, it, is it broken into kind of departments or uh, what's – yeah, it's, bro- it's such a massive thing. I've, I pretty much only worked at small firms, and so it's such a kind of crazy thing to me. And, uh, yeah, enlighten me a little bit.
0: Yeah, so each – you know, all firms are kind of structured differently. The way that we are structured is we have um, business groups. So I'm, I'm the managing principal of the architecture business group here in Denver. And so then there's other business groups and some some of our studios are, are smaller or, or larger depending on where they're located. Some are co-located with our engineering brethren and some are not. So I'm co-located with our engineering um, teams and we have two, we have two main um, companies. So we have HDR Architecture Inc. and HDR Engineering Inc. And then we all roll up into one HDR. That's, and so then um, in each of those, uh, within the architecture, we have the architecture business group. And then we have a water business group, a transportation business group, a resources business group, and a building engineering services business group. And then we have a federal group that kind of goes across all of the Business groups—they are their own entity, but you know there's obviously there's federal work that's done everywhere. So, Hmm.
1: so how many how many architects are in Denver with HDR?
0: So our our team uh, is uh, around 30 people right now, and that is that comprises uh, interiors, uh, and um, I'm sorry, interiors, landscape architecture, urban design, and architecture. So that's my team. That I—that's part of the architecture business group. Mm. So, mm-hmm. how,
1: how long have you been in Denver? Then, how long?
0: Four years. Four yeah. years. Yeah, nice. it's been—it's so, been fabulous.
1: So, tell me, what what was that like? Did you get kind of like headhunted to to come to HDR? Did you have multiple options? how did you how'd you decide on that?
0: So, I did have a have a few options, and um, trying to make a cho- choice. Do I stay in Chicago? Do I move out? east towards our family because we were considering that too and then this opportunity with um, HDR came up and uh, again uh, I go back to those uh, 24 of my best friends that I had Mm. for five five years in architecture school and one of them was actually the managing principal at HDR in um, in Chicago Mm. and I wasn't even looking I didn't actually didn't really know HDR very well because uh, the the foundation of HDR's um, architecture work is in healthcare and that was the type of pro- project that was probably the only project type I was not doing. And so um, when, when that came up, um, then I got the opportunity to, uh, to meet uh, at that time the regional director and had several, several interviews. And then there was the opportunity to, to move to, to uh, Colorado. And we had to make it. We had to make a decision, right? You had to make a decision at some point in your life, and um, the decision was made. And here, here we are. And there's things that, uh, you know, of course, with all things, you you miss you miss some things, and other things, you know, you don't. I now get to to snowboard and mountain bike as much as I like instead of taking vacations to do so. Yeah. And uh, but I miss the lake and my friend with a boat, and I miss. <laughs> I miss the city that was dripping, that drips with design, and um, and you think about uh, the time that you were. Those are formidable years, right? In your twenties, you're just trying to figure, you get your legs underneath you, right? And all the people that I've met, but um, they also were very um, influential. You know, I think about all the the people that I've met and the in the friendships and the relationships that formed along the last you know 26 years of my profession so far. And I uh, wouldn't be I wouldn't be here without that um, you know that slew of, of people that are that are a team, right? You got to have your have your team team that's always that always has your has your back and uh, and is there along the way.
1: Yeah. So what 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 other ways was that different? I mean, uh, again, moving from a, a bigger city of Chicago with more architecture, coming to Denver, like. You know, another thing I know about you, the few things I know, is that you do a lot of volunteering and a lot of work with AIA Colorado. And um, were you pretty active with organizations like that in Chicago as well? Uh, and how, how how is that kind of similar or different to what's going on here in Denver? I was in, very Colorado?
0: in Colorado, yeah. So I was very active in um, different definitely in, in the prof- the professional part of um, architecture in Colorado, but also um, I was introduced to a not-for-profit in Colorado called Architreasures uh, by a good friend of mine, um, uh, Sharon Exley. And I think that's really what started this um, love for uh, kind of being a steward or stewardship of design and helping, helping community shepherd design and what Architecture Treasures does is go into socially and economically diverse communities and take them through a design process to create something that's specific for their for their community, a need for their community. It could be anything from uh, a mural or an empty lot that becomes a garden, or you know whatever whatever their community is looking for. And we help them through that process, and that really was um, that started my trajectory towards. Um, getting out there in the community and um providing, you know, my skill set to to people and really listening to people. So then when I moved to the uptown neighborhood, uh it was a it was a bit uh, laden with um you know, there's gangs everywhere in Chicago. So no matter where you live, there's gangs. But uh no matter what they say. Anyway, but uh so there was and but I kept thinking to myself like how, how can how can how can i get some people to to think differently about where they, where they live and art is my way of of doing that so i started the first um art and music fest in my little neighborhood and at least for in that, for that one day the gangs weren't hanging out in the sunnyside mall at least right and so then and the fact that all these people started coming out of the woodwork with all these design talents everywhere and that was just phenomenal to me and learning how to to meet different people with different talents and such. And how can we all come together and do this work right and be a part and, and such. So I haven't, I I need to do some digging uh, here in, in Denver. Um, I've been focused really on, since I moved here to Denver, I've been focused on my professional work and my, you know, the professional work in the professional associations and organizations Um, And I know that that love of community and such is out there. It's just having time to to say yes, because I want to say yes to a lot of things. And I think one of the things that I noticed about Denver, it's just it's definitely not as um, tight urbanly. Right. It's Mm. actually it's a little bit more uh, similar to to Pittsburgh in terms of Mm. the the density. Um, You know, going from Chicago, 2.7 million people to uh, 700,000 you can breathe a little bit more. Right. So that was right. one of the first big differences that I, that I, um, you, you could just feel it, right. You could feel it, you could smell it. You can, um, it's just, it, it makes you, it makes you feel different. It makes you walk differently. Uh, it makes you, um, think about the world a little bit different you know I think about my I remember my husband it was three months after we moved here my husband said I think I finally pulled off my suit of armor that we were wearing for the last 20 years in Chicago because you just you just have to be prepared constantly right it's not to say you don't have to be prepared in other cities and such but there is this um, I think it's a combination of the place it's that sense of place it's the mountains you can breathe you can you can live yeah, so, interesting. I don't know if I answered your question but I just kept talking about what it what it means to me, means to me and I just have really enjoyed um I've also really enjoyed in Colorado. It's like when we st- we started this po- podcast getting to to know each other beyond the beyond like oh I'm an architect you know you asked me who you are did I ever I didn't say I was an architect right? <laughs> and uh I think I kept thinking about that too is that um I felt like when I came here, there was an openness to um, to really get to know the person,
1: hmm. and
0: I really have uh, have loved that, and not yes. just you know knowing about what the person can give to you or what you can get from that person. Yeah,
1: oh, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, and I think I think it's also kind of it's it's what you put out there too as well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and. That idea of the architecture is is really interesting. You know, there's so much there's so much agency that we as architects can have, but it's so hard to find where you can direct that or place it right, or mm-hmm. even just finding the time right and and trying to s- sniff out those opportunities here in Denver or Colorado or um. But yeah, it's really just it's really just the time thing, right? I mean, and j- just coming back to your position like that has to be a a pretty obviously a time intensive role and and stressful and um, yeah I don't know where I'm going there but but yeah
0: it's another reason why I took that why why I took the job too was a stretch right so if we if we continue to to stay in our comfort zone with our slippers and our you know our little blankets on that we feel so cozy under. It, we're not going to we're we're not going to um push ourselves to think about who it is who we can be or how we can um become better than we are. And so I think it's that's a constant. So that was one of the reasons, you know, it was a, it was a big ch- change and a big challenge, right? You yeah. know, you're st- you're starting over, you have to rebuild your professional network, you have to rebuild your personal network, you have to, you know, rebuild everything. Um but I think that along the way uh, you do that by you know saying yes and I think like you said it's the uh, I feel it's the energy that you put out too like you said it's like what you put out into it and so I knew right away when I was moving here that I was going to get engaged with AIA and I was going to put that energy out there that I'm here and I'm um, I'm open to be a part of Denver uh, however you'd like to have me so I've done some things with crew I've done some things with downtown Denver partnership you know I've had some different opportunities to speak and such and so you just have to keep saying yes.
1: Yeah, and I think you know again back to the the design and practice uh, committee that we were on together and and er- really early on when when was it it was so it was January this year right? Uh, yeah. You put out the the topic or possible topics, right? And came up with this yeah. topic of just. And 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 it ended up being where it was it was just and then a blank, right? And so each speaker yeah. kind of filled in how they wanted to, to take on take that on. And and throughout the year as we were planning this conference, you know, it, it went from bad to worse and, and it ended up being a digital conference. It was it was pretty different, but I think pretty successful in in, in different ways. Um but but that that term really came that that topic really came to be very strong and, um, important for the time. Was that, was that a kind of epiphany that you had or is that, is that a word that that has been on your mind before this year and how the word playing it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a word that lives inside me. Hmm. It's, it's been in, it's been in me for um, quite some time. I think that, um, the idea the, the word the word just and how if if we if we do not act justly, we cannot have a just society that will or a profession or a life that will um, bear the fruits that we all really want. We all deserve them and we all we all want them. And um, so it's a it's a word that is um, core to to my soul and kind of who I am. So it's something that comes out quite often. And I I wanted when it, when when we were doing the conference and why it came came out more so was uh, and that was before you know shit hit the fan. Uh, but it was more because I I would like to give give things out there put things out in the world that let others react to them or create what they what they want out of it and so I thought that it was a bit you know like you're saying it was a bit unended right and so some of the other words that we were thinking of they have some specificity to them I can't say that word but you got what I say right there's there's this specificness to them that um that they have to it that that starts to lead you down a certain way of thinking, and so I, when when we were coming up with that theme, or when we were you know all kind of throwing ideas in the hat, that's what I kept thinking about was what what kind of theme could we have that was almost non-theme so that it gave the opportunity for people to bring different perspectives to it that we wouldn't even think of. So we're not creating some sort of bias.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, it was really interesting how each person kind of took that and ran with it Mm -hmm. in different ways and, and, and stuck with it in their presentation or not. But um, I'm going to edit out this big pause here as I lost my train of thought. But uh, um, so the idea of justice, um, how is that, how, how how are you able to put that forward in, in, in your career or in the work? Right. I mean, it's, Again, as architects, we have a certain amount of agency, but then a certain amount that we can't control, mm-hmm. right? And so in what ways are you able to put out justice or, or fight for it in your work and career?
0: I think one of the things um, uh, is uh, I I try to very hard, with, in no matter what situation that I'm in, making make sure that... The people around me have have had a chance to either say or voice what what they're thinking, and it may not be in that same you know context at that same time. Maybe I'll ask later if somebody doesn't feel. And so, and, and maybe it's my love for underdogs. I don't I don't know, but it's like making sure that we we listen and and we. And that that people have people have an opportunity to speak. So if I'm if I'm in a in a client meeting or if I'm talking with a community group or if I'm just talking with my friends uh or such, it's making sure I think maybe you might have experienced it a bit at the committee where you know, making sure that I could that everyone had an opportunity um to say something, um or to at least Get, share share their perspective and then breaking it down too when we could break down into smaller groups so that we could have you know a more in-depth dialogue that sometimes can't happen with a larger group right away so and then come back together and reconvene so that you feel that you have some there's some purpose and importance to 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 the words and to the to the uh, conversation that you're having
1: yeah yeah that that's that's powerful that idea that you know, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in sort of, like, your your position or your experience or your um, just small amount of time when there's something going on, right, to yeah. to be able to stop and listen to everybody and, um, yeah, look to those possibilities. But...
0: And I don't always get it right either, but I just, you know, that it's something that I try to, to, to live towards uh, shooting to do.
1: Right. What... Yeah. And now transitioning what's what's the time when when you the biggest time that you didn't get something right the the biggest failure of your career or just a just the story of when something went pretty wrong
0: When something went pretty wrong i mean
1: especially as a as a principal of a firm a huge yeah. you know
0: well there's a different i mean there's definitely a lot of different highs and lows throughout you know the career so i can you know there's different things, so I' would say as a as a principal of the, of of a firm and when at one point you know we had a i would say what one of the low lower points was when um I had to recompete for a for a client and it was a relationship that we had for like twenty years, and we didn't get it mm. that really stunk right however. My good friend got it and she did a brilliant job and they, you know, in their firm, they did a nice job, you know, it's, but, but that, but it was, you know, that, so those kind of things, right. Cause you, you got to bring, you got to bring home the, the bacon to the, to the, to the team to, to help feed them. Right. And so, um, so that kind of, that was a, that was a low point. Um, But that only happened
1: once to you. That's pretty good. (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, I just—that's the one I want. To talk that's the one about. that there's, really... probably, there's probably there's probably yeah. more, but yeah. But I just I re- I remember that one in particular. However, though, even so, that client though has always. Um, you know, you have to get references and things like that, right? As you continue on for your in in your journey, and whether it's for a client or a project or just for your personal growth, and those clients uh, continue to um, give me great references, which I'm really really thankful for, right? Because you have yeah. to honor honor that. I think that's the the biggest part is that I mean, it's an honor to do what we do, right? It's an honor to to work with our community, with the communities, with clients, with each other. Um, we're placing something on, on this earth that's could last for forever. And we have to do it with a consciousness that's, um, respectful to, to the mother earth. So, yeah. Um,
1: so but was, that was, well, that's yeah. a low. What's, what's the point where you have, you, have you nailed that where you've created something that's, that's, uh, what do you say responsible to the mother earth that, that yeah. you're like, I got it? I, you're welcome mother earth. I nailed it.
0: Yeah. This is, well, this is good. I think that there's different ways. I mean, I'm sure the sustainability people, that gurus that are on this, would be like, no, 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 it's not, uh, you know, carbon neutral. It's not net zero. It's not this. But I think that uh creating creating architecture, there's actually quite a few of the projects that um, done at Nagel hartray and the ones that I continue to do here at HDRs. You know, you think about every single project and the way that it's detailed and the way that it gets placed on the earth and the way that you can maximize and or, and, or minimize right, its impact, um, depending on what you're, you're trying to do. Um, and then also what, what it gives back to the community. So the work that I did with public libraries is really important to me um, throughout um, Illinois, but then also here in, in uh, Colorado with the Jefferson County Public Library, you know, kind of bringing back to life the Belmore Public Library and giving it a new, new heartbeat, a new, new breath. Uh, from a great design that um, you know Anderson Hallis did Mm -hmm. Um, and then I don't know I just it just had to be intentional you know it's not always we're not always going to meet the net zero we're not going to always do all of that but at least being intentional and thinking about the way that things are detailed and Selecting materials that are going to last a long time and keeping the water out and those kind of technical things I uh, think that are are really really important and I just keep having that in my mind that when we when we put these points on on the earth let's make sure that we're thinking about all of those things and sometimes they're more successful than others
1: right, yeah,
0: but I just don't want it to go to waste right I mean when I think about some architecture that looks like it's it's just been um, uh, it's like the the wild west of a, of a of a of a western that that the the um facade's just gonna fall fall down and that's right and i get disappointed
1: yeah because everything the wind will blow right yeah i mean because everything takes so much effort right even a bad mm-hmm. building takes a lot of effort and to yes. have that effort go to waste right it's just it's it's so frustrating and uh difficult but but Can the you,
0: critics, I'm sure, would would tell me some of the buildings I did are bad too. So, you know. yeah. Well, yeah. So He's always a critic among us? You can't.
1: You can't get that right. right. Read, so read 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 off your read off your your about your your thing that you wrote again. I want to I want think back to which, that. Your was my about the the, the who you are.
0: So oh, the thing. who are who I am. Yeah, I, I, I want to. Uh, I said, I'm a curious creative that loves to connect with others and communities to bring about the best together.
1: Nice. Yeah, I like that.
0: And so I think that goes into, I mean, I think about, you know, how we got to know each other, right? It's like just connecting, connecting, connecting. It goes back to that idea of, you know, connecting with people, making connections and making those uh, and feeding those connections so they become stronger and stronger.
1: Right. Right. And I think also your statement of kind of like you you have to keep you have to kind of make yourself uncomfortable or, or, or to yeah. grow, right? Um, yeah. So what's do you know what's next? What do you how you how do what what kind of keeps your blood pumping or gets you nervous or and keeps uh, that growth going?
0: Well, I don't I I don't know what's next, you know. So I don't necessarily have a master plan for my for my life or for my profession um i do know that i have a north arrow and it's a it's kind of a foundation that's that's rooted in this authentic kind of active creation and that creation whether it's a physical creation or if it is a creation of of teams and of strengths of my teammates um, that's definitely something that um keeps me grounded in where i'd like to go and as my mother says uh you know, you got to let things unfold rather than mold. So similar to your children. So remember that as you're rearing your children, you have to let them unfold instead of mold. She goes, I just let you all unfold. I'm like, really? That, That sounds like chaos. But it's something that I've, I've kind of learned to, to embrace too, because, um, I think the way that it's going to unfold is I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and that's one thing is saying yes, right? Saying next to having new saying yes to having new experiences, meeting new people, challenging myself in areas where I'm, you know, comfortable and when I'm where I'm uncomfortable. And I think that when I when I say yes, um that helps to reveal the path and where I should should be going, you know. Yeah. And that's what nice. I do. So that's why I, like I got it. to say yes to you. You know, when I said, you said you want to do this, I'm like, yes. And then I thought, every time I say yes, then I panic afterwards, but it's already done. I already yeah. said yes.
1: Now we got it. It's over. Yeah, right. we did it. <laughs> well, nice. Thank you. You know, I, I, I really appreciated getting to know you this this year and, and for your, your leadership, especially within AIA. And um, great. Yeah, thanks for coming on and talking, sharing uh, yeah, your story. And-
0: Thank you. And I can't, I did want to say, can you believe that we got to interview Todd and Billy? I mean, was that, that was a huge highlight this year. I mean, I just was like, ah, it was uh, no, fabulous.
1: I, 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 I was wondering if that was going to be your mountaintop. Cause I remember getting off and just like running to each other and like, j- like doing a huge <laughs> hi- jumping high five. And, uh, yeah, that was, a, it is. That, was a good one. It,
0: that was my most recent high, that was my <laughs> most recent, re- recent mountaintop for damn sure. So yeah. it was great.
1: It's just that idea that, you know, they, you can, you can have kind of an elevated position in someone's mind, but when you actually get to sit down and talk with them, they're just a, a cool couple that, you know, it's fun to, fun to talk to and yeah. learn from. So, yeah. Exactly. Great.
0: Well, well excellent. Well, thank you. Well, thank have, you. Have,
1: have fun on the slopes tomorrow.
0: We'll do. I'll talk to you soon. Talk Bye. later.
1: Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's show. You can visit architect-ing.com to see images from this week's guest, And please rate and review the show wherever you listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or Anchor. Have a great week and continue to reach out. Thanks.
0: This podcast provides some support, humor, and helpful information. Listen to You and Me Kid wherever you get your podcasts.